Hello, everyone. Once again, we are the Patriot Preacher Podcast, and again, I'm at the Tri-City School of Preaching, and today we are going to be recording for our podcast that we can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and once again, I'm with Brother Wesley Simons. My name's Dan Fraley, and I'm with the Mouth of Joe's Creek Church of Christ, and today we are going to be talking about the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch Wesley, could you tell them about yourself again? Well, I've been preaching for a little over 50 years, and I'm the director of the Tri-City School of Preaching. Dan, and that's about all they need to know. (laughs) I agree. Uh, The reason why we come here, for several reasons, we come here to glorify God. We are trying to convert as many souls to Christ, so we want to hear from you. When you hear these podcasts, I'll leave my phone number and stuff at the end of it. And so the reason why we do this is so that people can learn what they must do in order to be saved. And today, we're going to be beginning in Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. Wesley, what what do you have for us today? Well, Dan, when I was in school, and the teacher was trying to teach us something, and she gave us a rule. This is the rule. Well, that's all right. But boy, if she could give us an example to show how the rule worked. That was even better. Well, the Great Commission is the rule. Now, can Lord, can you give us an example of people being converted so that we make sure we understand that? Oh, yeah. He gave us several of them in the book of Acts, one of which is the Ethiopian eunuch. In Acts eight twenty six, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. I want you to notice, ladies and gentlemen, the angel spoke unto the preacher, not the one that was going to be converted. Not that that matters, because in chapter 10, the angel's going to speak unto the man that needs to be converted. But in neither case did the angel tell the individual what to do to be saved because the gospel has been committed into earthen vessels. So I want you to notice he's going to go down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Now, sometimes people make an argument, well, since it was desert, there wouldn't be enough water there to bury anybody in baptism. Well, they need to read Mark six thirty-two. The Lord took a ship unto a desert place. That simply means a place that's not occupied where there's a lot of housing and so forth. Verse 27, And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch under great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all his treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Here's a man that had traveled over a thousand miles, one way to worship the best he knew how. Have you got that kind of dedication? Some people won't drive a mile in the cold weather or rain, to worship the true and living God. He traveled a thousand miles. Now, that kind of reminded me of a point. I'm sorry, I'll I'll let you continue in just a second, but just that point, he drove a thousand miles, and then we can't get people to come across the street. You know, when you think about where a church building is located, Lord's Church, people living across the street that we can't even get to come worship. That's exactly right. (laughs) Was returning and sitting in his chariot, Read Isaiah the prophet. There's another problem. Dan, how many members of the church and other people go to worship service and don't even take a Bible? 
This man had a scroll, Isaiah the prophet. He was a Bible reader. He was looking for truth. He wanted truth. He was an honest man, no doubt. He was a treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia. Then the spirit spake unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Now I want you to notice again, the Holy Spirit does not speak to the one that needs to be converted, but to the preacher, saying, Go join yourself unto this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him. Did you catch that? He didn't tell Philip to go preach to him. He said, go join yourself to this chariot. He had already told him to preach in the Great Commission. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Wouldn't it be great if we had the attitude when we saw someone reading the word of God that we would run to them, hoping to have the opportunity to teach God's word? Well, he ran and joined himself to this chariot, the Bible says, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? My, my, how would you like to be on a plane? Let's put it in a modern-day setting. And you're reading the Word of God and minding your own business. And somebody come up to you and say, "Uh, Excuse me, you understand what you're reading? You'd look at that individual and say, You think I'm ignorant? You think I'd read stuff I could not understand? No, no, that's not the attitude of this man. Watch the attitude. And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Now, friends, there's nothing wrong with asking for help if you don't understand scriptures. But you make sure it's biblical help. You make sure it's a thus saith the Lord, and not somebody's opinion and not some church doctrine. And then we're interested in giving Bible answers. Yeah, if you were to do that today, and I want to read that passage again. He says here, And Philip ran thither to them and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. Verse 31 says, And he said, He said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some should guide me? And what we have there. What we see here developing is a pattern. And what people and it's and the pattern that we see is not the same pattern that people believe today. A lot of people, Wesley, too too many times today rely on their emotions. That's right. They're not going to rely on what they're reading in the Word of God. And then the the other barrier here that we see is the level of of, of a willingness to understand the Word of God. When people today well, they'll, they'll take the Word of God or they'll leave it. They really are indifferent about it. And so what we see here with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch is a total relying on what the Word of God says and not so much, and not so much uh, their feelings about the Word of God or some t- sort of misinterpretation. Am I correct in that? That's exactly right. Now watch verse 32 again. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep. Notice he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb before his shearer, so opened he, not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Notice this is a prophecy of Jesus Christ dying on Calvary's cross. 
Isaiah 53, 7 and 8, as it's divided in your Bible and mine today. Now, you know what that says? It says premillennialism is as false as it can be, that God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit did not know that the Jews were going to reject Jesus, and therefore Jesus would have to die for the church. No, they knew it. Here's the prophecy. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Man alive. We could stop right there, Dan, and admire this man because his attitude is, I don't want to misapply the scriptures. I want to know of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Wouldn't it be great? Dan, if the religious world would take John 3.16, won't apply it correctly. Matthew 19.9, want to apply it correctly. Mark 16.16, 16, and apply it correctly. And verse after verse that people misuse and will not believe. Well, the part that we're reading, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what people do. And it goes back again to, to what I was saying about them relying on their emotions if you tell them something that they don't want to hear, then that is how that is, the way you're describing is exactly how they're going to interpret the Bible. Uh, the passage that he's reading, I just want to make a quick reference here. Uh, where he was reading, where the uh, where the Ethiopian eunuch was reading when Philip approached him was out of Isaiah chapter 53. You can go and read all of that. The context kind of goes back to Isaiah 52 uh, verses 14 and 15 when it was talking about the marred body of Jesus Christ, and it says, so shall he sprinkle many nations, the king shall shut their mouths. So you, you go back and you read that context, and Brother Wesley is, is absolutely right when he talks about the the text here. If we could just get people to look at look at that and the things that he went through. I mean, it's uh, it really is uh, something to to consider when talking about conversion here. That's right. Verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now, friends, what does it mean to preach Jesus? Just go down the road and say, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, to preach Jesus, you talk about the prophecies. Then you talk about the man who came, fulfilling them, and lived a perfect life. Then you talk about the commandments he gave and the blessings that would follow if they were obeyed and then the condemnation that would come if they were not obeyed. That's preaching Jesus. So he preached Jesus, and as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So the eunuch understood it. When Philip preached Jesus a little earlier in Samaria, according to verse 12, many men and women believed and were baptized. And even the old false teacher, Simon, believed and was baptized. So he's preaching the same thing here. He preached in Samaria, and so the eunuch gets it and says, See, there's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, some people say that since that's a desert place, the only water he would have had would have been in the container. He had to drink water as he is traveling. Ooh, I'd have loved to have seen that container because the Bible says they both went down into it and they both came up out of it. 
Dan, that would have been a big container. Now, let me ask you this. You know, here the eunuch says, what doth hinder me to be baptized? What doth hinder a lot of these people from being baptized? Well, it's it's their attitude toward the Scripture mainly, the not, the not respecting of Bible authority, the not respecting the uh, pattern. And if you don't think there's a pattern in Scripture, um, there's not much that anyone can do to to convince one unless they show them. And that's really what is going on here in Acts chapter 8 is God is showing us the pattern of what we must do. Now, in reference to what Wesley was saying in Acts chapter 8, verse 38, and he commanded the chariot to stand still, that automatically opens up another question. Why command the chariot to stand still if water baptism is essential? But then he goes on, and then they went both, as you just pointed out, they went down both into the water, <clears throat> both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So it can't be a small container if they're both going down into the water to accomplish what they have to accomplish. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Now, I want you to notice, here's a man who believed. He repented. Wesley, the word repentance is nowhere in there. Oh, what is repentance? Turning from that which one knows to be wrong to accept that which one knows to be right. Where had he been? Jerusalem to worship according to Judaism. What is he willing now to give up? Judaism. Repent of that to accept New Testament Christianity. And then he goes down into the water and he's baptized. I know why. The Bible tells me why in other verses. Acts 2.38, for the remission of sins. Acts 22.16, to wash sins away. So I know that based on the word of God. Now, let's suppose, Dan, that this has already taken place, and the Philip is, and I'm, has gone his way, and now the eunuch's going home. And the eunuch is thinking as he's going home. When, when I get to Ethiopia, Dan, which church should I join? The Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Jehovah's Witness? Which one do you think maybe he would have chosen? Well, if we're dealing with the context of the Bible and the text of the Bible, the churches that you just mentioned, the Apostolic Church, the Apostolic Holiness Church, the Baptist Church, Methodist Church, and I'm not saying this to be mean because I want everyone to know we love the people in those churches. Absolutely. We do not want any of them to be lost. But the fact of the matter is, when he is talking about what church he's going to enjoin himself to, Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47, reminds us that Jesus, the Lord, added to his church, such as should be saved, those who follow this pattern that's laid out in Acts chapter 8. And not only that, when you consider the other churches that Wesley mentioned, unfortunately, they're nowhere found in the Bible. They were, in not, they were non-existent when this was written. And so we have to take that into consideration. And also, look, look at this context again. It says, And he commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down water ba uh, into the water. He baptized him. And, then, and when they were come up out of the water, this is the part that, uh, that I wanted to make when Wesley was saying, Well, they go here and they go there. They did not separate until this was accomplished. And until this was accomplished, it says, and when they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip 
that the that the uh, eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. He did not go on his way rejoicing until this pattern of salvation that he had done was accomplished. Absolutely. Now, a lot of churches would have been upset because they would have had to have voted on him whether or not he would be accepted into their church. See, those denominational churches and those doctrines did not exist back then. So I want you to notice this act took place immediately. Why? Because baptism is essential to salvation, just like faith, repentance, and confession. But now, let's suppose he's on his way home, and he's on that chariot soaking wet. And he runs into a friend of his coming up from Ethiopia. And that friend looks at the, the Ethiopian eunuch, and he's soaking wet, and there's not a cloud in the sky. And he asked him, what in the world happened to you? Well, I just became a Christian. You just became a Christian? How in the world did you do that? Well, I was on my way home from Jerusalem, reading Isaiah, and this good man walked up to me and said, put that Bible down. You don't need to read that. You've either been elected from the foundation of the world to be saved or you're lost. Don't worry about it. No, he couldn't tell that story, could he? Now, let's put it a little bit in the modern-day setting. I was on my way home from Jerusalem, and I had my radio on. Oh, I know, they didn't have radios back then. And I was listening to this preacher, and he said, if you want to be saved, put your hand on the radio and let Jesus come into your heart. You know, that's what some preachers tell you. But where's that in the Word of God? See, friends, we need Bible authority. Or... I was on my way home from Jerusalem, and the man said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And I said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. He said, Get out of the chariot. Fall on your knees right now and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. He couldn't have told that story, could he? He said, I was on my way home from Jerusalem, reading the Bible, when this nice man walked up and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And I said, well, how can I, except some man should guide me? I invited him up. He preached unto me, Jesus, you know I understood it. And I said, see, there's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? You know, he said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And I said, I believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you know, upon that confession, he took me out of the chariot. We went down into the water, and he baptized me into Jesus Christ. Dan, that's what he had had to have said. That's what he had had to have said in that pattern that is established in Acts chapter 8. Really, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3 and 4, really every conversion that we find after the Gospels, this is the pattern that we follow. Now, this is very important because in this, in this passage that we just read in Acts chapter 8, we see, we see the, uh, the preacher, Stephen, referencing the Old Testament, Isaiah, teaching them about Jesus Christ. This is what this is how God did it. Going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and we read passages out of the book of Ephesians that talk about that this plan was laid before the foundation of the world. This pattern is set. It's not going to change. The pattern is set. The word of God is complete. It's inerrant. It's authoritative. 
And therefore, anything that exists or that was created beyond the book of Revelation, which was written in the first century, well, what, what you have is man-made doctrine, Wesley. That's exactly right. So, Dan, all we're asking our viewers to do is be honest with them, be honest with God. When you became a child of God, did you do what the eunuch did? Will your plan of salvation stand come judgment day? In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And we don't want to be guilty, having obeyed the commandments of men, come judgment day and find ourselves lost. We want to do exactly what the Lord said. Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? What would you say, Jesus? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. When you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want to close with this. This is going to be the last verse. We're going to come back and talk more about this in just a moment. But listen to what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11 says. Now, we can apply this to Stephen and what he did with the Ethiopian eunuch. We can apply it to our lives even today. It says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why is it so important to obey the gospel? Because we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, Stephen tried to persuade the Ethiopian eunuch, but he says they are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Folks, you're listening to the Patriot Preacher Podcast. My name is Dan Fraley. I'm a member of the Mouth of Joe's Creek Church of Christ, which can be found at 5230 State Highway 194 West in Pikeville, Kentucky. 41501 is the address. You can reach me at 423-707-4178. Brother Wesley is the director of the Tri-City School of Preaching, and you can reach him, and I'll let him tell you the number. I think I did that. 423-512-9226 is the number to their call-in radio program. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know from you. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless you all.